You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Lambgoat presents the Band Flip Podcast. What is good? Welcome back to this episode of, or not welcome back, just welcome to this episode of the Van Flip Podcast. We're already starting out of the gate. Good, good boys. Uh, so there today, <laughs> today I'm joined by Tom, Andy, and Chris from the Tex Met, the Tex Texas Death Metal Groove Band. I am welcome to the show, boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you guys are you guys are busy right now. Currently, you're on a tour with Thy Art, Undeath, and the the rest of the tour package for their Ten Years of Hate. How's that been going? Yeah, it's been really incredible. For sure, one of our best tours we've done in the U.S. by far. Yeah. Um, it's like the the melting pot of all these different styles of bands, and you get all these people coming here, and it's just I don't know. Crossover of everybody coming together is working out really well. I think everybody's retaining a lot of fans from this. You know, every band in the package is doing awesome. So it's it's a great tour all around for everybody. It's been a really cool experience too because um, you take like Diary's Murder, the, the relationship they have with Kubicon is kind of like they've given them a lot of opportunities to put on the forum. And uh, Kubicon's done the same for us over the years, you know, since like the Nomad tour in 2017 or so. So like to have it all come full circle where it's like, and we've toured with Diary as well, but to have all these bands on it, just a bunch of friends, it's like a very family tour, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been a blast. And I'll, we should probably point out that you guys are, I'm assuming, at the venue for tonight's show. That's why all the uh, background noise is... Yeah, we, we actually have an off day today, which is why we scheduled this. Yeah. yeah. But uh, apparently a last minute show got added. It's all good. So we're doing it. It's yeah, all good. Last I, minute I just wanted to... Sold out tonight. It's our second Columbus show in less than three weeks. That's sold out with these same bands. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Is, uh, is it the full package? Or is it just uh, um, undercard? Everybody except death. And okay. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, yeah. And then there's a chamber. Uh, yeah, chamber got added today too. They're, they're about to start a little run with no cure. So yeah, they're actually they're coming. They're coming. Uh, they're, they'll be here next week. The, that that package, okay, that, the no cure and uh, chamber package, will be here. Yeah, that's um, gonna be real. Awesome. Yeah, I, I really dig that No Cure band. I'm not a straight edge kind of guy, but you know, I like uh, Blaze. Blaze is a pretty cool dude, and his band is uh, pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, we just got to watch. They played the Alabama show. Oh, dope. Pretty so, where are you guys yeah, at? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's Robert. Uh, yeah, it's from like another band called Bleak in Texas as well. Yeah, he's just insane. He's really, really good. Yeah. Awesome. Fun, fun guy. Where are you guys at today, right now? Columbus. Oh, Columbus. You already said that. Yeah, I'm an idiot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Columbus at Ace Cups. Nice. Um, so yeah, you guys. Um, 
you guys have been around for a handful of years, you know, early 2010s, that, that time frame. What kind of, um, I mean, you're on the Thy, Thy Art tour, and obviously you probably have listened to them, but what, kind of, what, what got you into, like, the heavier stuff and death metal and all that stuff? How'd you, get a, how'd you fall into this? So, really early on, um, I mean, if we're talking around the 2010 to 12s era, you know, <clears throat> you could probably guess that Molotov Solution was, like, a real big influence to the band at that time. Right. Uh, you know, bands of those likes, and then uh, as the years progress, you know, you get into different things, and things form differently, and get new members who have other influences, and, you know, so... But definitely early on, it's a lot more of the, the earlier deathcore stuff, you know. Yeah. Do you guys, are you not steering clear of the deathcore thing, but are you trying to do more, like, groove death metal sounds, or is it just something that you kind of like, you know, we, we did the deathcore thing for a little bit, let's try to progress and mature our sound or something like that, or how, well, how do you go about it? We were, we were kids, man, you know, like, <laughs> and we, we started playing a band not knowing how to do, like, play any instruments pretty much. Like the other, the older members, you know, we picked up these instruments in high school and we're like, yeah, let's start a band. We like Molotov, like let's do this, you know. So it's like it's so early on the conception of yours, so you don't even, you don't even have time to really figure out what you really do, dig, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you come so far from a teenager, and now that we're adults, and it just uh, takes on a whole new level. Field. But uh, to go back to your question. I don't think we've uh, abandoned it at all. I just think we're we're writing stuff that's true to ourselves and that we want to play. We're very we're a very selfish band in that way that we write music that we genuinely want to hear, we like. It's not really oh we're gonna cater to the people that like I am because if that were the case, we would just put out like the torment ten times in a row, you know. But we're consistently trying to progress and trying to be better musicians, you know, better people, and trying to trying to help the game. You know, we just keep putting out shit that we want to like, and if it translates, that's awesome, you know. And it seems like it is, which is great for us, and especially with my perspective. Is like we talk about the roots of the band and like the original, like the core stuff. It's like uh, they already had a platform before I joined, so like, I joined before the first album, so they were already like kind of popping off in DFW and so when I joined it was like not really time to change the direction it was more like okay let's write like what the fans of this band need to hear like want to hear you know because they already have that sound going and then so over time it's kind of like evolved into you know just like being true to like you say like being true to yourselves instead of like a certain sound that you think you have to stick with it's more of just like you know uh, exploring some creative freedom you know just like do what you want to do yeah. so that's kind of a change but we still like like elements from the first stuff from the second stuff you know it's it's just like um, you know we feel more free to put out music that we want to do now I feel like part of it is just pushing ourselves as musicians as well like you mentioned before yeah. it's you know it, it I would say it gets old you know playing breakdowns over and over so like to what? be able to play we're like also into you know, like thrash metal bands and stuff like that. It's, it's just cool to be able to push ourselves a little more and stuff. And especially the more songs you have and the more styles you're dipping into, it's like 
yeah, we still have like lots of breakdowns. We just use like try to use them in really cool spots or like try to do yeah. something different with this. So like we're not like abandoning anything. We're just like being more particular with how we want to use certain sounds. Yeah, just melding the two together to make this weird thing we have. You yeah. know, like I mean, you're just you're fine. I do feel like we are very unique band in that way where you know it's it's kind of hard to pinpoint what we are you know like it's yes that 10 people they're going to tell you 10 different things because they're just like i don't really know yeah yeah it definitely sounds like a not a, and i don't say this in a bad way but a hodgepodge of like you know styles put together um yeah. because you know i'm trying i'm trying to listen to well i was listening not trying to i was listening to the uh your your most recent release the eternal steel album you guys put out in september last year and I was trying to, um, you know, I just, I literally just hopped off the podcast with Obituary. And I, you guys are both technically, you know, under the umbrella of the death, you know, sound, death metal, if yeah. you want to call it that. But they're just, tr you're, you know, you're drastically different in a lot of ways between, you know, a traditional, I don't even want to call them a traditional death metal band because they're, they have groove yeah. and slower stuff too. But it's, it's, it is kind of night and day different how you guys, the newer class, of bands are approaching that genre as compared to like the guys that have been around for you know a number of years and probably have honed in their writing style their sound a little bit more um and again th th those guys not saying they don't explore and and do other things like you guys were just saying like you know stretching your legs and and doing things outside of the box that you normally would do but like you guys are just now getting the opportunity to do that a little bit whereas you know when you were younger you just want to make th like you we all you just said you want to make stuff that the crowd kind of wants to hear and you want to kind of build a base so to speak so that way you can you know stretch out every now and then and, and step out of the box a little bit <clears throat> do you guys think that you'll continue doing that as you go forward or do you gotta you know do you want i am to be around a certain sound all the time Hey, what's up? It's Lurk. Looks like you're enjoying the podcast. If you are and you like what we're doing here on The Van Flip, why don't you go ahead and pause this and give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to find out any information on your favorite bands from the hardcore and metal scene, visit lambgoat.com. And to stay in the loop about everything that we post on lambgoat.com, make sure you like us on Facebook and you head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at lambgoat. Are you a full-grown adult and you also have a TikTok account? Congrats. Follow us on TikTok as well. You can find us under the username lambgoat.com. That's spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Head over to our YouTube channel where we have all of these podcasts in video format plus a lot more content that you should check out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new content. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. And as always, if you need any of the links that pertain to the artists on the show today, lambgoat, or myself, you can always find them in the description. Thanks for listening to this message. Now let's get back to the show. I mean, I, I would say, especially with this new album, Eternal Steel, we have found our our sound and our thing. You know, mm -hmm. like that's that's definitely what we're going to build off of. And, and that was the same case with Hard to Kill from Life Through Torment. You know, when we wrote Hard to Kill, it was like, oh man, I can I can see where the the next steps are going to go. You know, it's not like it's a very, like, you know, we're just throwing shit at the wall and see if it sticks. You know, it's like we're, we do have a very good direction of what we want to do. It's just not what most people do. You know, like, like you're saying, you know, a lot of the old timers or people who have been doing a certain style of music for so long, it's like, yeah, you have your thing. You have what you've been doing for a while and it's established. You've got your thing. 
this is our thing. You know, this is what we're doing to contribute to heavy music. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're making something that is unique to ourselves and unique to metal all around. I feel like, you know, so it's definitely something that we're going to keep doing. We're going to keep pushing ourselves to to be a better band that you know consistently writes different shit or you know however the listener wants to perceive it, but. Whatever it is, it's just authentically us. Yeah. You know? How long do you guys? I mean, and this is uh, obviously subject to whatever input, but um, you know, certain bands have kind of like a cycle, so to speak. You know, you guys just put an album out last year, and the year before, or and prior to that, it was 2018 or 17 or whatnot. But again, we had like a pandemic in between that that kind of, you know, took yeah. a year and a half, that two years outside of outside of the cycle. So. Do you guys plan to be a band that kind of just every couple years puts an album out, or is it more frequently or less frequently? Or do you even think about it? I mean, we have a few ideas of, like, you know, what we want to try to, as far as, like, the next release, uh, what we want to try to do. But, um, you know, typically, I mean, there normally would be a writing cycle and, like, a release and tour cycle and all that. But, yeah, like, with the pandemic, it kind of all got, like, messed up. And then... um, you know, like we've been sitting on this record for a while, so it's like, and then we've been touring quite a bit as well. Yeah. So, you know, dipping back into this next couple of months is probably going to be you know a bit of like writing season, but we're not really sure if it's going to be like, hey, we want to put out an album every two years or every two and a half. Like we haven't really gotten that far yet. I like to take my time with like, for sure, making sure that the music's where it needs to be before we release something. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like an extra couple of months or an extra year or whatever, if it made those songs like really memorable and worth it, then you know, not really reason to push it to like, but we gotta have it be six months from now, you know, like we gotta make sure that the foundation, like the music there first, um, you know, but, but we're, we're just kind of like taking it as it comes and seeing, uh, you know, what ideas we come with, what songs we put together, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, and then with releasing Eternal Steel, it was a pretty strange time just because we did record it in 2020 it was it was done (laughs) done and it didn't get released for another two years and so that was kind of kind of weird spot for us at that time too we were like man this is we were ready to go we were on track to just you know go 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 yeah you know other people in our camp just felt like we needed to wait a little longer so you know it just uh got pushed so hopefully it doesn't take another four years to get another album out yeah. Don't want that to happen at all. Yeah. So <laughs> on the other side, we don't we don't want to just push out album after album and it not you know be what exactly what we want it to be. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I definitely am a you know quality over quantity kind of person. I think we all are. So yeah. I got you. Um, and <clears throat> what are some things that? Uh, that you enjoyed about this particular album that maybe weren't on Hard to Kill or the previous, you know, releases? Just the ceiling. Like, I mean, all the riffs were... Um, yeah, so there's stuff that, uh, like I've mentioned, I joined uh, right before the first album. There's stuff, like, when we were writing that first album that I wanted to use, but, uh, and that I'm probably going to try to use on, like, some of the next records that had pocket because it just wouldn't fit. So, like, for me, like, this album... I like a lot of it just because it's like what I've been wanting to do since like I grew up and then like now we have, we're in a spot where it makes sense for us to incorporate those sounds into like 
pursue this kind of direction. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where it comes from for me. But, um, yeah. yeah, and like what he was saying, I was just about to blurt out feeling too. Like, yeah. the feeling of this album just has so much energy, it has so much life to it. And, like, at least the one I listen to it, it just feels, feels so animated. You know, like, there's a, there's a lot going on. Like, you can feel the riffs, the memorable riffs, you know, everything about it. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it's it has a lot more catchy, a lot more groove, you know. And, and that's one thing we always try to make sure to do is keep energy levels up, keep groove there. Because it could be technical, and it could be fast, and it could be cool. But if you can't vibe with it, if you can't groove with it, it ain't shit to me. Yeah. You know, like. And that, that's what that's what we like. We like to like to feel the music. You know? yeah. So even after Plus, the yeah. sorry, go ahead, Chris. A raw aspect to it, like it's our most real sounding record. You know, least produced. Just you know, five dudes in the room. You know, jamming, jamming yeah. out. That that kind of just true to real sound is you know something I appreciate a lot compared to the other records. So is there a lot of like? Um, like mastering and, and other stuff that that are that are done after the fact, or because you said it's just like a raw sound, so is it just like more naturally recorded? Whereas, like um, I don't know, like the chariot, yeah, just, just a lot of post production type of stuff. Like yeah. I had a very specific sound with like drums, and like mm -hmm. you take uh, Randy the most like normal drum sound, or like what you would do for another band, and I was just like, I want this spin on that sound. So uh, yeah. you know, it's having like a bit of like. Uh, hall mic, you know, reverb, drums, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the type of amps we're using, you know, yeah, stuff like that. To, just kind of made it more sound, sound a bit more classic, like that modern uh, classic mix of production. So yeah, you get in the habit of things that sound super processed or digital right. now. You know, as much as our producer Randy he pushes us, you know, I feel like we kind of pushed him with that record a bit. You know, to like. You know, hey, let's 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 bring it down a little bit. You know, let's uh, let's make it a little raw. So, and I, I think it sounds awesome. Too. Yeah, he crushed. You know, everybody crushed it. So it was awesome. Do you get do you get time to kind of like explore in the studio, or do you guys have everything kind of like? you know, dialed in before you get into the studio to save time and everything? Or do you have the ability and the luxury to kind of like mess around in the studio with either riffs, sounds, patterns, or parts to the songs you currently have established when, you know, the, the producer, Randy, or whomever kind of starts giving his input? Do you, do you guys have a lot of, you know, flexibility in that aspect? Or do you come in with like, here's a finished product and we just want to, you know, nail it out? Um, I mean, I like to be very prepared, even though it's, you know, we didn't, I don't think we've ever come to a studio with like everything 100% done, but it's mm -hmm. like the songs and transitions and bass parts arrangements, like all that's done at least like 80% before we get there. And then the studio pre-pro week is just like, yeah, first week, uh, that's like, yeah, like I'll retract uh, the demos that I have with Randy and then he'll like listen. Um, They'll be like, you know, if there's something that we're stuck on, like, hey, I don't know what to do here. You know, like, it looks like I mess around for a little bit, but um, pretty much everything's done um, before we get there. And then, yeah, the, that replay time just for like finishing touches or like, uh, we need like another, and we just need an ending to the song type of thing, or yeah. maybe we can do this part, you know, for another repetition, you know, that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, there were certain uh, parts too that we wanted to jam in the room, you know, and feel it out, like how yeah. it would go live or how it would feel uh, in a live setting. And yeah, it's, it was very flexible in that sense where anytime we needed to do that, you know, unless we were tracking, obviously, uh, we were able to, you know, jam things out and just see how they feel in a live room and such, you know. Um, how did you yeah. guys, uh, go ahead, finish it up? Sorry, I'll just say, on a, our previous record we did with Randy, you know, there's our favorite song off the record pretty much is Feel Back the Skin, and, you know, almost, what was it, half that song was written yeah. there, or like, most, oh, nice. a lot of it was like written there. Nice. You know, piece together, there, and that turns out to be our favorite song, so sometimes it's, it just happens like that, you know, it, it works out in favor. So how did you guys kind of link up with Randy in the beginning? You guys were just like big gag fans and you just wanted to work with him or you just kind of liked his work, you know, his production work and recording work? Um, it actually happened because we took that tour, or actually, I would say took that, but Kubicon took us out on tour in 2017. And uh, that was like our first, like, you know, that was our first tour that was like, big one. Yeah. yeah, big for us, at least. And, um, you know, that tour did so much for us. It got us linked up with Randy because he came out to see them. He saw us play. And he was like, I would love to do your next record. Yeah. Let's talk. So that happened. We got linked up with our manager because of that tour because it came out, you know, and, um, you know, who we marched through. They came out and they started, you know, really helping us out. Like, that tour just did so much for us at the time. And that, that's, that's how that happened to me and Randy. Yeah. Are you guys one of the heavier bands that he's kind of produced in the last couple of years, or because he's done metalcore for sure, and he's done, uh, you know, he did did some work with a couple other bands. But when I look at the lineup, the our, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say I think you're like the heavier, the heavier of the of the, you know, discog. Yeah, I mean, I know like Kubikon's <clears throat> incredibly heavy, and they just did like Orthodox and Chamber, but I think we're probably only like. One that has like, I guess, oh yeah, a lot of like thrash metal influence mm -hmm. or like that lane of metal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, all his bands are pretty heavy. Yeah. So yeah. That's a hard. Yeah, he's, he's got a good, real good roster of yeah. bands. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's just trying to. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why it was, it was, real cool to do this record with him because, like I said, like it kind of, I feel like it kind of pushed him to, not, or be with a band that is a bit more like, you know, riff driven or like, you know. Not necessarily a lot of you know breakdowns, if you will. Yeah. yeah. So Tom and uh, Tom and Chris, this I guess this question goes more towards you, but Andy, feel free to chime in if you have an input. But what makes a riff? Uh, and it doesn't have to be a riff like what a real riff is, but what's an I? What makes an I am riff? I guess I should more clarification. I'd say the most part of it would be groove, you know, like uh, just being able to like, like you know, the certain riffs that we have that you know our fans really like, or you know, the people that we're playing to. It's I feel like it's natural for them to you know headbang or you you know just kind of like even almost dance, just like groove around. Um, so I feel like that feel is really important, you know. It could be, you know, there are riffs that are, you know, super fast and technical, 
you know, and they might not how like feel that immediately. You know, they they see it as a riff, but uh, I think the groove element of it, you know, is very important. Uh, being able to feel the riff, you know. But yeah, for me, yeah, memorability is definitely big. Uh, yeah, it's something you can sing back to yourself, like. If it makes you want to sing it back to yourself, it's probably pretty. And then, all, yeah, also just something that, especially when we're writing, like I know it's a riff when I'm like, all right, this one's this one's cool. It's fun to play. Like it gets me excited. Yeah. Um, also, like a lot of like simplicity, but then doing some cool arrangement-wise with how simple that riff was. If it makes sense, you know. Like, um, yeah. Like we did get a bit more technical with this next album or with this newest one, but. I also really do like the most simple stuff. And then, yeah, oftentimes it's just like a little arrangement, like changing on an ending or something that makes something really memorable or it makes it a special moment in the song, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, riffs, it's hard to it's hard to tell, like, you know, what makes an I am riff because we have a lot of different kinds. For sure, um, yeah. But that's why I like to ask, yeah. you know, get the mic. I say groove, groove and catchy, the energy, being able to dance, you know, you feel the... Just feel it, you know, yeah, like it's, mm-hmm. you listen to the entire title track, Eternal Steel, like it's a fast song, right? you know, but it is so catchy, it's so groovy, yeah. there's dance parts, like it just, yeah. it just feels like, I don't know, it, definitely No Choice as well, because like that song, like that, they put on that last ending to the riff, the festival tremolo deal, because yeah. it's like, it makes it like evil sounding now, you know, like, yeah. now it's like melody has like a lot to do with like how it ends up getting like catchy, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, still doing cool note choices or something that we think is cool. Um, yeah, I think that goes into a lot of the riffs that we have. Is like having some sort of hook or like melody, even if it's not like melody in the way you might think. It's just like you know the chord progression. There's just some notes that pop out, you know, some stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. So, like, Every riff matters. No filler riffs. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good that's no a good credo, you know. Yeah. That's a good one. So, what? Speaking of riffs, then you know, w- give me all your favorite riffs off the record. Not all of them, but each of you, give me your favorite riff off the new record. Off the new record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I already know one. Yeah, so two come to mind immediately. Um, in Eternal Steel, the the kind of like. Bounce part, that one goes off every night. The crowd just loves it, so that one's super fun to play. Um, and then it's between Colonel Panther and Vicious Instinct, those two have uh, some pretty cool riffs. I think I'm gonna go with the. Yeah, the main riff to Infernal Panther is pretty sweet too. Yeah, yeah. Mine's for sure in Eternal Steel. It's that. It's just such like. It feels like it belongs at like a dance hall. Like, it doesn't even sound like it'd be like at like a heavy show. It's just like so groovy, so catchy. And yeah, everybody seems to vibe with it super hard. It's a nice change of pace. You know, from here in St. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, it's, I love it. Yeah, I would probably have to say, I mean, yeah, not anything new, but the title track. <laughs> yeah. The same answer, just because, like, especially with the way 
the songs put together and like going like a million miles an hour for whatever minutes and then then it slows down and even that's not a slow tempo but it feels so slow because like how fast the song is going and it was like one of the first times successfully put together like one of those like riffs where it's like there's a cool moment where they change it, it gets cooler they change it a little bit it gets cooler just keeps getting cooler until the end yeah. Yeah, i've heard a lot of bands do that and like try to study that but that was the first time i think put it together myself really well as far as the flow of those riffs and it just ends in that dance riff so it's like you know it's a really cool moment that's definitely got to be my favorite There's like song. no moment where the song loses energy whatsoever mm. it's, yeah. yeah that's probably my favorite part i'll say another one too i just gotta do it because hey uh price of pain whenever okay. the beginning we're at I remember Tommy sent me that pre-pro and I was like, this is the most I am riff I've ever heard in my entire life. There you go. That sounds like a... We've gotten to the bottom of what That was another one that I was like, man, this just grooves, man. It's not like, you know, it's not a fucking heavy breakdown. It's not a standard two-step riff or whatever, you know? It's just groovy, man. It goes. Uh, before I move on to the next topic, I do have to point out, Chris, where you're sitting and how you're sitting with your hair and the fan behind you, it's really reminiscent of like, you know, those Jesus portraits or like Mother Mary portraits where you have like, <laughs> a halo thing around him. That's hilarious. It's got that vibe. I just wanted oh, yeah. to, yeah, to yeah, point yeah. that out. That's all I think of uh, when I'm looking over at him. I'm like, this That's is funny, it's fucking very Jesus-like. Quick funny story. My, my niece, uh, one time... My stepbrother and them were in the car. They were on a highway. There was a billboard of Jesus uh, <laughs> up on the walk. He's like, "Oh, look, it's Uncle Chris." It's pretty, <laughs> pretty adorable. But yeah, Jesus likes stuff that. Like death core and stuff like that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus likes that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so let's let's get into like some kind of like where you guys are from. You know, you're you're from Texas. Let's let's talk about some of the Texas. Uh, heavy music scene you know kind of like school the school the kids and the the listeners as to like you know what makes the texas music heavy music scene what makes it i mean definitely the legends that like come from texas you know there's obviously pantera but like more closely in our scene like you know there was always like iron age and power trip to look up to and uh, like mammoth grinder there's like tons of different Subgenres each are doing really, really well. They're like making great music to like grow up off of in the scene. So like a lot of that uh, kind of metal influence, like thrash that we hear from Texas, that comes from like the fact that everyone loved Iron Age and Power Trip and that thrash sound or whatever. Then there's like death metal and um, I mean you have like Kuba has been doing this stuff for years. So I think that all kind of like trickles down into like this pool of uh, a sound that like we kind of tend to have here in Texas, but yeah, I mean, as far as bands that go off, like, we just did a fest and put on, like, all the, a lot of the bands from DFW that we believe in or that we like, and, uh, you know, there was, like, Tribal Gaze, they're obviously killing it, um, Ballista, Earn, uh, just, like, a ton of friends, our friends in Life Cycles, it was just, uh, yeah, just a lot going on here in Texas, so, um, yeah, I don't know, there's just so much talent to pull from, so we just, feel like, why not do a fest out of it, you know? But uh, literally every kind of subgenre is kind of doing their own thing and really showing out for each other. Uh, yeah, the camaraderie is something that's like, especially within recent years, I feel like it's been 
very sick to see in Texas because it feels like lately it doesn't matter whether you're death metal, yeah, hardcore, punk, you know, whatever you claim, whatever you want to do, everybody's vibing, everybody's having a good time, everybody's supporting each other. Like it's it's been really awesome to see. Yeah, you know, like he was saying, I think I think it goes back to the the base that we have. We have such a good base of of bands that have like put on for Texas. Mm. You know, like when I was coming up, you know, I was. I was just getting into, you know, deathcore stuff. That was like the craziest stuff I had ever heard. But I had always, you know, I had always known about Power Trip and Iron Age. And I was like, these are the six bands ever. And like, those were the only two like, you know, thrash hardcore bands that I listened to at that time. And like, that was still like, to see that it crosses over to that world too, no matter what. You know, I feel like it just it sets that base and that foundation for everybody. That's that's very like. Very Texan, you yeah. know. It feels feels like Texas music. You know? that, that's why I, you get people saying, "Oh, like, you know, like Texas is different." You know, there's something in the water there. You know, like all the bands, like they just they sound like Texas, even though they all sound so different. You know, yeah. it's like you just got your own little, you know, little flair, your little twangle. Yeah, that's why. That's kind of why I asked because it it does seem like when you hear bands like you know you brought up you know, Kublai Kai and some other bands like that, they definitely do have a, a you know like a heavier sound, but also like it kind of seems like a lot of those bands from the state, whether it's because it's so damn hot or something, you know that it just that kind of vibe just seems to seep through the music, and you know it's kind of one of those things where like there's bands that are from you know places where they get snowed in for like half the year and they're all pissed off because they're snowed in but it's kind of like you know texas is so pissed off because it's so fucking hot it's like 140 degrees you know all <laughs> yeah, year right? right? so it's a different type of brutalness bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy um i since you since the guitar players are here sitting with us what's with the what's with the influx of like you know dive bombs and songs and stuff like that for like you know Sque- you know like squeals and and other kind of notes but th- I've, I've noticed a lot of dive bombs in the last like year or two not just on your record but like on all of the metal records it's like a coming yeah. coming back or something like that I don't know I mean like we had that one on our first record um, I know you're not talking like specifically about us but we did have one of the first record and like that was the big one just lost their minds yeah like, it was like, just that one yeah and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, we were like, okay, people like that. But I mean, and now we're just like kind of just been trying to do it cool spots or yeah. it's like end of solo, whatever the deal is. But um, no, yeah, I feel like there's just something about hearing a dive bomb like get over a really heavy riff that just everyone wants to. Yeah. I think it's yeah. been, I think it's been missing for so long that it's it like you know maybe it was you guys you know in 2018 17 or whatever uh, maybe it was you guys that you know is to blame for that resurgence but you know it's one of those things where a lot of older I don't want to say tactics or sounds but older elements are kind of like resurfacing and it's not just like I just literally was talking to Donald from Obituary and they're not into the uh, like doing the heaviest doing the best fastest parts or craziest parts they like to keep it real simple and you know do what they do best and it's it's kind of like one of those things where you know a lot of bands are reverting back to like the older stuff not just old bands but new bands too that are just going back and you know showing homage to those types of things but 
that is something I've noticed in the last like 12 months for sure is the the use of dive bombs not just by your band but by all bands is like up tenfold I mean like there's like yeah hardcore bands I mean, that are doing it it now. always comes in ways with with those different you know little uh little ear candies you know yeah. for the longest time it was pentacles you know yeah, loved, was it, loved it big thing that everybody loves you know so like it, it comes in waves and it comes in waves you know yeah. what are some sure there's different explanations as to why it like it ended up like that with, you know living those waves but for me like it makes sense because like nobody in my family or i wasn't like raised on any like metal or anything like that so like once i found you know i guess like that or whatever bands i was into at the time i would just like listen to their favorite bands and it just like trail back so like when i heard like metallica and black sabbath and all that like uh, and, like, older guitar music, like, that was, like, brand new to me when I was, like, a teenager and stuff. So, like, that's a lot. That was, like, the Bible to me. I got, like, hooked on that. So it makes sense that I would want to emulate a lot of, like, 80s, mm-hmm. 90s, like, guitar stuff. And then the deeper I get into guitar playing, the more I see, like, crazy stuff from, like, kind of like Jason Becker. Like, whatever person you're a fan of, like, you want to you see something cool they do and, like, take a little piece of it. So, like, that might be what some guitar players are doing now, but... I mean, that's how I came to, like, wanting to do a lot of stuff I do. But, yeah, just because, like, all the old stuff, you know, you normally go from the older music and then newer music, but, like, mine was completely backwards. So. Yeah, no, I, I feel, I have the same kind of journey. I didn't have, I didn't have an older brother or a family that was into heavy music in right. general. And so, like, when I stumbled upon it, I was already, you know, mid-teens or, you know, late teens. Yeah. And uh, I had to, like, I was the source for all my friends, so like, you know, they started with new metal. Sorry, guys, but that's just where I was at first. No, was, not not you guys, but sorry to my I, friends. I sorry to my too. friends for. I uh, must have there too. Everybody's got. Anything, don't don't be ashamed of anything you like, brother. Yeah, you I like mean, like. I, I I love new metal now, and to be honest with you, uh, I am I'm here for the resurgence that seems to be going on. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of bands killing it now. Yeah. So you guys, you guys fuck with it then, obviously. So what are some new metal bands that you guys are, you know, fond of? Uh, the Texas band, Unity Texas. Yeah, they're guaranteed by far one of the sickest new metal bands yeah. out there doing it good. Yeah. Um, Orthodox. I mean, Orthodox. I don't know how much they would call themselves new they're metal. They're like a new core. Stuff, they're like a new core kind yeah, of Yeah, I would still put them in that realm. You know, they're crushing it. You know, there's there's a lot of bands that are doing well in that realm. You know. I think... Uh, Zone Zero, type of new metal, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The promoter tonight, um, his band Zone Zero, they're from Columbus. Nice. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of bands doing new metal. We had yeah. Power Man Five Thousand here the other night. Yeah, there you go. I didn't go. I didn't go see them, but I I'm bummed about that. But it was also like a forty dollar ticket, and I was like, eh, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's the move for me tonight to f- see Power Man Five Thousand yeah. at twenty five years later. You know what I mean? I have never seen them, but it might have been the move. Who knows? Um, so what else do you guys get into outside of just probably obviously barbecue being in Texas and stuff like that do you guys uh, what, what's, what's fun to do down in there yeah, I don't really I just graduated college so like uh, in December so literally after I finished the record uh, like Andrew was saying in like 2020 uh, I just like went back to school and like that's all I've been doing since except for uh but I'm not in school, just doing everything for the band, like doing putting all my time towards the band as yeah. far as like, you know, splitting touring and then like I had to fly back home for like a a presentation. So like I mean 
<laughs> yeah. I, so I you're juggling it, both I at the same time? Too, too fun or too crazy yeah. outside of music. Um, just uh, hitting the books, you know? Yeah. I've teched for uh, <clears throat> a couple bands uh, the last couple of years. I did uh, Every Time I Die's last tour. Uh, Bella Maya, and then I was recently working with Ice Nine Kill, so been doing a lot of uh, you know like teching, guitar teching gigs, uh, with some other bands. So that's kept me pretty busy and kept me on the road a lot. Um, and then this year I'll be doing uh, Lauren Shore, so oh, tight. Be pretty cool. Yeah, I actually now that now that you say that about the Every Time I Die. Tour. I remember you being there, because I was. There. Oh, really? Yeah, I was there uh, at the Jacksonville show. I was there okay. pri- way, way before Doors and you know Load In and all that shit. And uh, yeah, that's when it solidified everything that I had probably thought was going on internally with the band. That that day definitely solidified it. I had some. Yeah, for sure. I had some like you know. Uh, I had some theories. theories, yeah, when I was at uh, Furnace Fest, and we, I've talked about this on the podcast, but it didn't look, yeah. everything didn't look ideal or on the up and up, and then that show, I was like, that definitely doesn't look like it's on the up and up, and then literally a week later, yeah, the shit sure. hit the fan. was a crazy show, too. It was, it was packed out. Yeah, it was, it was a good show. Honestly, yeah. I, thought, I thought maybe you were in chamber at the time. That might have been why. Because Chamber was on that show. Yeah, too, right? I, I feel that. Yeah, no worries, man. That was, yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, hey, we're going to move this other room real quick. It's getting a little loud out here. Hey, you can go wherever. Take, I'm, I'm along they're, for they're, the ride. They're probably about to start sound checking here soon. <laughs> I'm along for the ride. We only got about 10 more minutes or so, anyway, so I don't want to keep you all, yeah, all day long. There we go. We got a cool vibe in here. So I don't Chris, look like Jesus stuff. No, yeah, no, 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 no. It's bummed out. <laughs> So Chris, how many people ask you about your time with the band with uh, Every Time I Die? Not to not to go off topic from your band, but obviously No, not. you're good, you're good. I would say there are like those people that I meet that are like, you know, extreme every time I die fans. And and they, they obviously have a lot of questions. You know. Yeah. I try to obviously keep their that's their business, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so yeah, but def- people definitely have lots of questions and such. Yeah, there's a um, guy. You were you were there for some pivotal moments in that fallout too. Obviously, we can't talk about that on camera. Yeah, for sure. but uh, yeah, the the thing that sucks yeah. mostly about all that is yeah, that was my first tour too. That's a rude awakening. Rude awakening. Yeah, uh, I did have Jordan on the podcast over the summer. Uh, okay, where he spilled basically every bean in the fucking cup, but. Yeah, we never we never aired that episode because it's probably best not to do that. But it's like six hours. Yeah, long. it's like it's like a six hour long podcast, and it's uh it's nuts. But it's also like very depressing, <laughs> very depressing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, mad love to Jordan and yeah, all those dudes really. Yeah, they were uh, they were really good to me. So yeah, miss those guys. Well, um, let's get back to I Am. Let's get let's talk about that band, yeah. not, not the other bands that are no longer bands anymore. Yeah. Um, so you guys are on a kind of like a you know a mixed package tour. Do you guys prefer those kinds of tours, or do you want to be more so of like you know all the same genre uh, lineup t- kind of tours, or do you you know do you like playing to like? Mix? Yeah, I I love doing tours like this. Yeah, it's, 
I mean, in reality, I am is really never fit on any bill you've ever been on, probably. Like, if you're looking at it on paper, it's like, eh, it doesn't really fit. But we always do well on those tours because, yeah. you know, we are such an oddball on a lot of bills stick out. Yeah, you know, like even we did uh, Nile Incantation mm. and St. Lucibobog this past year. <clears throat> and it's like, okay, on paper, it's like, okay, this is a very metal tour, but like, we still stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. You know, like, we're not we're not even close to what any of these bands sound like, yeah. you know? Um, so I feel like it always works out in our favor. Yeah. You know, we're, we're always something different. We break up the monotony of you know, the bills that are, are, okay, death metal, death metal, death metal. Oh, here's this band. You know what? This is different. This is weird. It's funky. I can, I can kind of shake my ass a little bit. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I think it works in our favor. Yeah, I think it does. I think it does too. Um, I actually saw you guys not that long ago, uh, November, I think, when you guys came to town with your label mates, Rhythm of Fear, our new label mates, Rhythm of Fear. Yes, hell yeah. Uh, you guys played Archetype, which unfortunately is no longer around. They closed down, so that's not. Yeah, a I heard that. that was like one of the last yeah. shows. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a bummer. It was a bummer, but you know, yeah. we now have a Jamaican restaurant that does shows, so you know, cool. We've swapped that's it sick. out. We swapped it out. Uh, and that's where, <laughs> that's where No Cure and Chamber are going to be playing down the street here uh, at the nice. Island Tropics Jamaican spot, which is very, it makes, it has like a big, uh, not big, but it has like a New York feel to it. You know, it's like obviously a Jamaican okay. restaurant with like a buffet thing, but there's a hall on the next side and it's basically just like a long hall that looks very New York-esque. It's like a restaurant that the, everything just moves to the side. Next thing you know, it's like a video. Honestly, sounds about... That sounds about like every New York venue played. That's like yeah, 100, 150 cap. It's like a deli type yep. bar thing, and then go through a door, and it's just this hall of like nothing. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's a, maybe it's, a little little stage. It's like six inches tall. No stage. No, no stage. That's no, it. no stage. In, no stage in the Jamaican restaurant. Don't got time for that. Uh, barely have sound. <laughs> You know, it's it's a good yeah, spot right. for the scene to kind of like do these shows. Yeah. Um, well, it's like probably the only thing. Only uh, I say that's the only downside of this tour. It feels like uh, we got a bunch of barriers every show. Yeah, that is a bummer. I mean, you know, big I stages, would, you get big barriers. Yeah, I'm, curi- I'm curious as to like, because you know sometimes big shows don't have barriers, and then some do, and I always wonder like. Obviously, that's probably like an insurance and a promoter situation for the most part, but... I'm sure. Yeah, the ones that don't have barriers yeah, I, I are don't so... Even know what but it's also yeah. like, how do how do those shows yeah. like FYA and all those other, like, LBD or LGB and all those other, you know, festivals, how do they wow. do it so... Because they're not small. They're not huge, but they're not small shows. They get away with it, you know? And I think that's just... Yeah. Definitely the culture of the people that are going, like... Uh, you know, like if you take the people that are coming to see um, Larry, Larry's murder, to, uh, you know, they get a hate tour versus people that are going to FYA, like, uh, yeah, not everybody that's going to come see that art is like trying to spin kick their hearts out, you know, so it's like whenever you get a room full of people that <laughs> do that, it's like they know what's going on, they know like... They know etiquette, yeah, they know so, like, not to get on stage and... Go like this all over the local list. Yeah. And like, oh my god, I love you so much. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm gonna have 
peach potato signs. No stage potatoes. Yeah, so it, it's definitely like he was saying. Yeah, like I went to FYA like last year and this year with some friends, and it's like, yeah, I mean, like, it looks like madness, but they know what's going on. Yeah. You know? So, like, I think kind of how they get it, and also the people throwing the show know that about the crowds, so have to worry too much about. Um, I don't really see anybody getting walked out or, you know, you know, real hurt at FYI either here. I mean, maybe I missed it, but it's like, you know, it's, it's like kind of like controlled environment there. So it's like, like, you know, I get it. Yeah. It's, I have a low oh, hate. Everybody knows what's going on versus, I feel like a lot of people that come out to these shows, it's their one or two outings a year, yeah. you know, like, oh, right. this is the show I'm, I get to go to. Yeah. yeah right, 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 right. I definitely have a love hate relationship with, the hardcore dance I love it I shouldn't say love uh, how do I express this I love it but I hate being there and it going on because like my I ideally I do like to stand in the crowd and I like to stand by the pits because I like to be around the action right I like to be around the action and have everything going on in front of me but sometimes and I, I was wondering to myself but Jay from Mind Force was on um Hard lore, you know, the Colin Young's podcast or whatnot from Twitching Tongues and yeah, Red Tape. Yeah. And he brought up a point that he was like, only like the craziest dudes were moshing like everyone moshes nowadays. It's like everyone is just, like a nut job moshing. And like if you if you fight somebody back that like clobbered you, like crowd killed you or whatever, you're the dickhead now and you're getting tossed out. Whereas it used to be kind of like slightly the other way around like 10, 20 years ago. And um, yeah, it's one of those love hate things I've got with with that little part of the scene because I love watching it and I love it being a part of the, you know and I understand it is a part of it like you said it's a known culture right so like people know exactly what they're expecting to see and and witness when they go to these places and maybe even partake in but I also don't want to be the guy that's like always guarding myself <laughs> trying to watch the show. You know, so it's, yeah. it's a love hate thing. The older I get, that's where I go. You know, but I feel like, yeah, no. Like I used to be. I was watching a video the other day of me watching the Kubrickon in like 2013 or something, and I was like, dude, I could never, never do that again. Like, not a chance. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you get older, you're just like, man, I'll, I'll let the youngins have this one. I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the enjoy the show. Yeah. It's also crazy how big moshing in general has gotten just outside of even, you know, like your standard rock and push mosh, like circle pit situation, yeah. like, you know, rap shows and EDM shows and all these other kind of shows are now uh, expressing themselves in that kind of manner. And it's kind of odd to see. Yeah. It, it's honestly like it's got to be the influx of new kids coming around post COVID, you know, like, I mean, I feel like I've seen. I mean, especially in DFW, you know, pre-COVID, I was like, okay, you know, I know, like, they're here, like, I at least in one way or another, like, have seen them around, and, you know, going to shows post-COVID, I'm like, holy shit, man, this is just a whole new wave of kids. You yeah. Know? So it's yeah, like, yeah, I remember a very distinct moment, like, it's the first show back in DFW, at least for, like, our team, like, Frozen Soldier, I don't know, they randomly announced a show at this, uh, Brewing company, and I was like, okay, I'll go see some friends, go see the bands. 
like I got there with my friend and I was like, dude, I don't know anyone here except for the bay. And it's like, mm. there's this, it's like, you know, an entirely new scene. And I was like, yeah. this is actually, is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful to see. Yeah, no. Very beautiful to see. And I think, it's exactly I th- what it needs. I think deathcore was one of those genres that definitely benefited from the pandemic, if you can call it that. Like, you know, yeah. like bands, there were bands that just like went nuts. Like Brandon Sacrifice was one of those bands in the beginning of the pandemic that, you know, people might have like heard about or they did some things here, but then toward the end of the pandemic, you know, their, their lifeblood record had already came out and it was just crazy. They were on like just this big swell and they were leading the charge of like all this like new, you know, new breath of deathcore, you, you know, come along. So that would make sense as to why like when, when everything comes back, you know, there's a bunch of new faces and, uh, you know, oh, yeah. more young people, I would assume, hopefully, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you get, you get, and it's one thing that's been irritating to see is all these people posting about how they're not enjoying the new kids or they're making fun of them for acting silly or stupid at shows. It's like, man, like, shut up, bro. Like, Nobody cares. But yeah, and it's like, if anything, just teach them show etiquette. Teach yeah. them about the culture. Yeah, that, means they, that means they have to talk to somebody and be nice to somebody, and that's just like, no. Yeah, yeah. you were new once, too. You know, you probably danced like a fucking idiot before, you know, like... Is it's just it's all about giving back to the other generation yeah. and not being a physical asshole, you know. Yeah. Like you have to keep this stuff going and don't, don't take it for granted. I agree. Just go back to your local band playing to fifteen kids a night. Yeah. Like, no. You know, I see some local shows that are pulling two, three hundred kids. That's crazy. Yeah. That shit didn't happen you know, for a long time. Yeah. And so now that it's back to doing that, you wanna make fun of kids for coming out it's just it's crazy to me. yeah I mean that yeah I think there's always going to be a little bit of that no matter what you know but okay. I think the overall the overall uh, thing to do is to educate when you can and obviously if you don't want to then don't bitch about it but those are your, exactly. two, those are your two options there yeah exactly alright boys well uh, let's uh, let's end it on this um, who should we be looking out for on the next come up Oh. I was gonna say travel gates, but it, you know everyone already knows. Yeah, they're already on the phone. Um, listen, I'll put this out there. I don't. Uh, we want this band to do the biggest things in the world, but life cycles from San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, that is the band. Yeah, they don't even know how good they are, mm. and straight up, they uh, yeah, they mean, could just be the biggest thing ever, and they're yeah. so good. The sickest people, coolest band, and they're like a cro- crossover thrash band, you know, modernized. There's like a band where we play with them, and I'm like, damn, we gotta play next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are so damn good, and like, they just haven't really played out of Texas ever, and like, they, they could do such great things. So, anybody listening, go listen to Life Cycles from San Antonio, Texas. It'll change your shit. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, I'm just now realizing, I think we've had like, I think I've had most of your tour package on the podcast. I just did uh, Thy Art a little bit ago. I had Alex from Undeath on a little bit ago, and now you guys. So uh, there you go, baby. I think uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, we got to get the other. We got to get the other bands on there. On there. Oh, I'm sure you did justice for the damn. Oh, yeah. Great guys. Man. 
We can get it. We yeah, can get we can get anybody, I'm sure. Just take some time and some scheduling. Obviously, like you know, scheduling isn't always the best, and it's hard to do. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Ideally, I'd like to start. I'd like to bring these back to in-person uh, podcasts, but then I'm just kind of stuck with whoever's coming through town or coming. You know. Yeah, I was say I did watch a few of the the in-person ones, and I was like, man, that's cool. You what do you think? But, but, yeah, yeah. I think that is a better. I think that's an easier conversation. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Person. Anytime, any conversation you ever have is just so much more you know so much better yeah plus then you can have like a beer or you know some other things and yeah, hang yeah. out and it's more like it breaks down that little wall of like now we're sitting by our computer and or your phone and you're all huddled over like sardines trying to stay in frame while, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. you know kicking it back on the couch is one thing so we're definitely going to bring that back just we got to move into a studio to do that and we're getting there step by step okay, but yeah. you know but anyway boys I appreciate your time uh, have a great you know, yeah. sporadic pop-up show tonight, obviously, and then the best of luck on the rest <clears> of the hate tour with uh, Thy Art. So, thanks, uh, thanks for your time, man. I yeah, appreciate, appreciate it, man. It's been awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us. Cool. Stop recording. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.